You're listening to the feed. This is the feed. This is the feed. The feed. You're listening to the feed in Markham, in Richmond Hill. You're listening to the feed in Vaughan, in Stowville, in Woodbridge, in Unionville. This is the feed on 105.9 The Region. I'm Ann Romer with York Region's only news magazine show dedicated to the issues, events, and stories that matter to all of us who live and work here. These days, the story that is top of mind is COVID-19. Throughout this show today, we want to share facts, dispel myths, and hopefully provide some comfort in these rather unusual times. Every level of government here in Canada is working towards stopping the spread of the virus. The American president has declared a national emergency. Travel advisories are in effect. Europe is bracing for this pandemic to become much worse. COVID-19 is turning our world upside down. Joining us on the feed, Dr. Alana Fitzgerald Hoshek, Associate Medical Officer of Health York Region. Is there reason to panic right now? There's no reason to panic right now over the situation with COVID-19. What we are seeing in our local communities here in York Region is that there isn't spread locally of COVID-19. So that means that the risk to York Region residents of getting this infection, COVID-19, is low. So where is the transmission coming from? Is it still being blamed on travel? What we're seeing within York Region and elsewhere in the province of Ontario is that the cases of COVID-19 that are occurring are travel related. So meaning it is someone that has acquired that somewhere overseas in in an area that may be affected by the virus um, um, or else that someone has very close contact with a case of COVID-19. Those are the ways right now that we're seeing uh, disinfection enter um, into our community here or into Ontario. We are seeing at all levels of government uh, some changes to the way we live. There are sporting events being shut down, cancelled, uh, also music events. Uh, anything where there are large gatherings, uh, it is being put to the wayside at this point. It has been suggested by the top doctor in Canada that perhaps any kind of unnecessary travel outside of Canada be uh uh, stopped, no traveling outside of Canada if possible, and also that people do not attend events that have more than 250 people. What can you add to that? Mm. That is information that is coming forth from our federal uh, partners. So the, our Public Health Agency of Canada and the Government of Canada is advising that all Canadians should avoid non-essential travel outside the country. And within Ontario, our own um, Chief Medical Officer of Health for the province of Ontario is also echoing that information, as well as, as you mentioned, that larger gatherings um, are being recommended against. One thing I, I would like to add is, you know, there's no magic number. So the number of 250 has been used to say, you know, gatherings over this size um, are recommended to um, not proceed. Um, But I I do think it's important to note that there are things that people can do if they are having gatherings, including smaller than that, of what they can do to reduce any risk um, of... uh, you know, transmission of any germs or infection within their gatherings and to help keep them safe. So, for example, you know, um, 
things such as making sure hand cleaning or, or hand sanitizer stations are there, keeping sessions short or trying to avoid crowding, um, maybe smaller, shorter sessions, or considering, you know, do some of these events um, or, you know, meetings have to happen face-to-face or could they happen um, virtually or, you know, using uh, technology instead. So those are some of the other um, updates at this time. And this is all in an effort to prevent community transmission. If we are saying at this point in York Region, it seems to be travel related. What you're hoping to do is to stop the spread by community transmission. Exactly. So just to reiterate, there is but no transmission within the communities that we're seeing, and same with our, our neighboring ones right now. This is being done in an abundance of caution and to try to prevent against, um, you know, more cases coming into the region and, and any potential of spread from person to person here. So it is very much a preventive or precautionary approach, and that's why, you know, we're highlighting to um, organizers of events um, or facilities you know, that they may wish to look about whether they proceed with or restrict or postpone different sorts of gatherings with more people and making sure that folks know, you know, what they can do themselves to help keep themselves, their families and loved ones and their communities safe. At this point, your website is updating the situation twice a day. Why do you feel that that is necessary and why is information so important to the public? So our website, so york.ca slash coronavirus or york.ca COVID-19 is being updated twice daily now. We do know that, you know, we're all seeing this as an evolving situation and there's a lot of information that's coming from a lot of sources pretty quickly. And we feel it's really important that folks in our communities know where they can go to a trusted source of information that's kept up to date as quickly and timely as possible um, where they can rely on that information. So our website has information such as what the current situation in York Region is, what steps individuals can take to help keep themselves uh, safe and healthy, as well as their communities. And it also has helpful links to other partner agencies where there's more information, such as to the Public Health Agency of Canada, where, you know, there's information evolving about um, guidance for travel. So Our website is a great source of information for our communities. Do you anticipate that Canada's situation could be like that in the U.S. or in Europe? Or am I now exaggerating? I think what's really important to remember um, and that I'd like to emphasize is, you know, we have a really strong and robust health system here in Canada. And that's both, you know, at the federal level, the provincial territorial level, and also locally. You know, we all work as players within the same system with, you know, complementary roles and responsibilities. And we're constantly in communication, coordinating and collaborating. And that's with, as I mentioned, those public health partners at all levels, um, but also with our healthcare system partners as well. And I think what we're trying to do is make sure that information flow is um, coming as quickly as possible between all the partners um, and making sure everyone has what they need in order to feel um, 
safe and secure that the right information is out there. And that's also making sure that's getting out to our public and, and our communities as well. Let's talk about precaution versus perception versus preparedness versus prevention. So, for instance, the move to shutter all schools in Ontario that are publicly funded after March break to try to reduce the spread uh, and after March break travel. Are these perhaps uh, a little bit, uh, I guess, frightening for people to hear, to understand, to try to cope with? Yeah, I, I understand there's a lot of information that's coming out from different sources um, and, you know, different decisions being made by, um, you know, our, our provincial or federal partners. Um, and part of that is, is just making sure that folks are protected as best possible. But I recognize that can be a lot sometimes to take in. And I think it's important for folks to know what they can do themselves to help keep them and their families and communities healthy. So, you know, following the advice from um, whether York Region Public Health, as well as from our provincial and federal partners about how to keep you and your communities safe and healthy is really important. And then what individuals can do on a daily basis as well, you know, it's things like remembering to make sure you're washing your hands really thoroughly and frequently with soap and water or also where that's not available, you know, an alcohol-based hand sanitizer is an option. And that means, you know, getting in the, uh, the finger crooks or your fingernails and the wrists as well. And it means if you're feeling unwell, you know, you're strongly encouraged to stay home. Um, and this is, I mean, if you're, un, you know, mildly symptomatic and, and not feeling generally too good, sort of under the weather, um, you know, we're, that's the majority of what we're seeing. And this is in the middle of respiratory um, season, outbreak season in general, you know, so there's things circulating beyond COVID-19. And I, I think it's important for folks to remember the things that they can do to keep themselves healthy and safe and protect against other germs. So lastly, with that, it's also making sure, you know, um, we, what we call respiratory etiquette. So if you're coughing or sneezing, you know, use a tissue and wash your hands after or cough into your elbow. Um, you know, don't share things like utensils and water bottles. Um, and really, um, you know, if you do have milder symptoms, um, you know, do stay home where possible so you're not getting other people around you sick. So those are very straightforward suggestions, but there have been extreme measures taken, including the cancellation of major sporting events and musical events. And as we just mentioned, the shutdown of schools publicly funded until uh, April mm -hmm. the 5th. So now let's talk about the perception and panic. We don't want people to see these extreme measures and and freak out about them. And there are some people who are very upset by what has been done in order to try to contain the virus. Yeah, and I, I can understand where some of that, you know, surprise or concern is coming from. Um, we do know that there are some of those measures you just mentioned that have come out from federal and provincial partners, you know, and, and I think, you know, everybody recognizes this is this can be challenging, you know, and is, is uh, tough uh, in terms of figuring out, you know, how do we make sure we all follow this really, really important guidance so that we help prevent the spread of illness to others. I, again, just to emphasize, you know, 
know, these are precautionary preventive measures in order to make sure that we are um, keeping the virus out of our communities as much as possible and preventing against or delaying any potential um, intrusion of this virus and spread amongst people. So it's, it's really about um, what we call containment measures. And then, um, you know, so a term that folks may have heard about, you know, flattening the curve of, you know, the volume of cases and saying instead of, you know, seeing a whole bunch coming in at once, the more that all of us are working together here um, and respecting, um, you know, the, this really important guidance and recommendations coming forward, it's going to help keep all of us as healthy and safe as possible and prevent or delay um, any spread or introduction of this virus into our communities. Do you think that our healthcare system, and that includes you at York Region uh, as the Associate Medical Officer of Health, are you ahead of this or catching up to it? I, I think it's fair to say, you know, we, we have a really, really good, strong, robust healthcare and public health system um, here in Canada, in Ontario, and in York Region. And I think, you know, we've been, we've been at this and, and, and following and monitoring and responding to um, COVID-19 since first hearing about this. So it's really been about prevention um, and, and then containment and making sure we're not only sort of dealing with, you know, what's here in front of us right now, but also looking and thinking to the future to try to make sure, you know, we're considering all possibilities and planning for, um, you know, any changes in, you know, what we're seeing in terms of infection. And just to highlight, I think, you know, Ontario definitely has experience um, with things like H1N1 um, and SARS in the past, where you've seen uh, what happened in those situations, what lessons we've learned, and where we are today. And I think the fact that the communication being so key, seeing how better prepared we were and having technology and testing, and a really, really well-functioning, coordinated uh, system where we're all communicating, is, is able to, to enable us so far to have a really strong response where you're not seeing the volume of cases in York Region, Ontario, or Canada that we're seeing in some other countries. This is also a great reminder when it comes to health and hygiene. It also is a reminder that we as citizens of this country, this province of York Region, need to take responsibility and also access accurate, factual information, which leads me to your website again. If you would please let uh, our listeners know how to get information at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we strongly encourage um, our communities and, and anybody who has interest or wants more information, you know, or concerns, like, please visit our website. You can find it at york.ca slash coronavirus or york.ca slash COVID-19 or just Google York Region and, and coronavirus or COVID-19 and it'll pop up. We're updating the website two times daily to make sure that as information is coming out, we're getting it up as quickly as possible so everybody knows that this is the information that's most accurate. 
We want to make sure people know that, you know, they've got a trusted, reliable source of information. When there's so much out there, please go to our website. There's information what you can do to help protect you and your family and your communities and links to helpful resources um, such as uh, travel advice um, and other things that you can do right now and to help get your questions answered about what the situation is now and moving forward with novel coronavirus. Prevent, protect, do not panic. Uh, I can't tell you how relieved I feel listening to what you have to say. And I do feel that we are in good hands here in York Region. We just have to be responsible and keep those hands clean. Agreed, and thank you so much for taking the time uh, to have us in today and very happy that we can provide some answers and reassurance about the situation here. That's what it's all about. Dr. Alana Fitzgerald Hushek, Associate Medical Officer of Health York Region, thank you for joining us on the feed. Thank you. I'm Ann Romer. This is the feed on 105.9 The Region. If the ever-changing situation with COVID-19 has you worried, you're not alone. Tina Cortez with tips from Anxiety Canada. Alistair Henning is Marketing Director for Anxiety Canada. As you know, Alistair, COVID-19 has captured the headlines across multiple platforms. What advice do you have for those who may be feeling overwhelmed by these stories, by these headlines? Well, uh, first we would say uh, that anxiety is a natural reaction. Um, you know, generally, we always say actually it's a natural reaction because it's been part of humanity since uh, really uh, cave person times. Uh, you know, the fight, flight, uh, freeze response was something that at one time protected us from saber-toothed tigers or other uh, serious and very real physical threats. Over time, of course, um, you know, we have uh, our culture and the way we live has changed greatly, and nowadays we can get quite alarmed by things which may or may not have as much of an actual threat, even though our, our bodies or our senses perceive them as being a threat for a variety of reasons. Um, so the first thing that we really recommend for people is to just, uh, you know, be, be gentle with yourself and realize that, uh, you know, it is, uh, you know, something that's natural for you to be feeling anxious about COVID-19 or, you know, at times in general, actually. Um, and realize, though, that there are certain things that are within your control that you can do. Uh, one thing that you can do in order to manage anxiety, really, is to continue to get uh, your news about how things are progressing from reliable sources. Uh, of course, like your station and the Government of Canada is another great source of information that way. Uh, additionally, uh, really focusing on, you know, as much as you're trying to practice the good health habits that many places have recommended, whether it's social distancing or hand washing or, uh, you know, various things of that sort uh, that are extensively covered, uh, you know, really focusing on, you know, quality relationships and maintaining that connection, uh, whether it's uh, virtually uh, through teleconferencing or whatever, or, you know, for really close relationships, you can do that in person still as well, uh, and, and focus on, you know, ways of connecting which maybe don't involve, uh, you know, talking about the, the coronavirus or uh, kind of amplifying things by, 
uh, continuing to focus on that. Uh, you know, even with the news and, and checking about updates, that's something where just be aware of how often that you're uh, checking those things. And, and if you find that you're really, you, you're feeling your anxiety uh, become heightened because you're checking frequently, that may be a bit of a sign to cut back on all that. Uh, we also have a lot of really great resources uh, that online that are free for people to use that, of course, we recommend for people who are anxious generally, uh, but are also really good for coping in these sorts of situations. Uh, our website is www.anxietycanada.com, and we also have an app that uh, you know uh, hundreds of thousands of people worldwide have uh, used for free for managing anxiety, and that is called Mind Shift CBT, and that's available for iOS and Android. Alistair, can you tell us how does the anxiety manifest itself? How do we see it? Well, uh, a lot of the time it could be just be thinking really repeatedly about a particular issue. Like, for example, uh, you know, this, in this case, uh, as I mentioned, uh, just really focusing on the risk or the kind of danger uh, that you're perceiving. Um, so it's really uh, just being aware of your feelings and noticing if you are feeling, uh, obviously, uh, you're focusing or you're kind of having repetitive thoughts about a particular thing uh, or some of the, you know, body signs are like, you know, obviously sweating or feeling really tense or, uh, you know, just uh, with above what are reasonable precautions, doing things that are avoidant or, you know, perhaps uh, limiting your life in certain ways. Um, you know, like, for example, it's perhaps not reasonable to cut off all contact from everyone completely, and it's perhaps not reasonable to be washing your hands every 10 minutes when you're at home or something of that sort. And there's a whole spectrum of responses that people can have. Do you think there's anything positive out of this whole thing? Well, I think it's it's something where people can start to become more aware of uh, how they're feeling uh, and, you know, managing their anxiety better generally. And I think because we know that anxiety actually is uh, an issue which uh, more than 43% of Canadians in recent polls have identified as being uh, an issue that they experience on an ongoing basis that is compromising their lives in various ways. Uh, we know that anxiety generally, even before coronavirus, is an issue for a lot of people. So uh, if this raises awareness uh, of uh, anxiety as a major mental health issue, and if we can also, at Anxiety Canada, we can, we can teach people or tell people how to manage uh, anxiety and stress more effectively, then those are very positive things. Do you think that there will be long-term effects? in terms of one's mental health? Hopefully this will help people uh, raise awareness about the importance of mental health and proper coping skills generally. Uh, this is something that really probably all of us could benefit from. We all feel anxious sometimes, and knowing effective strategies on how to cope better uh, is very important. Can you review for us or, or detail for us some of those strategies? Is there anything that we can do right now to help us ease that anxiety? Well, uh, it's really uh, about managing the symptoms, and that's uh, including uh, you can do things such as uh, obviously uh, kind of thinking through uh, you know why you are feeling as uh, upset as you are uh, and uh, really thinking through um, whether 
this is justified based on where uh, you are at, like what is your actual level of risk versus how you perceive your risk to be. Um, and this is something that's not unique to coronavirus either. Uh, we speak with people every day here who, uh, you know, have phobias about various things as well, like for, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, driving a car or, uh, you know, social situations. Social anxiety is a big one that we, we work with. And, um, in those situations, uh, oftentimes if people are having a lot of stress or fear, uh, it's about assessing, um, you know, how, uh, realistic it is that something terrible will happen to them versus, um, you know, the, you know, the actual uh, fear that they're perceiving, which may feel very real, but um, is not in itself a threat. Alistair, here in the GTA, we've noticed that there have been long lineups in grocery stores. Store shelves are empty. Do you think that's a result of people feeling anxious about the COVID-19 situation? Oh, most definitely. Uh, you know, that's a very common response to try and, uh, you know, achieve additional or feelings of security by stockpiling uh, resources. And, uh, you know, toilet paper is one that we've heard a lot about, but, uh, you know, traditionally in other crises, it's been, uh, you know, basic food items as well. And um, this is a really common response. Uh, it, it may not necessarily be a uh, response that is necessary uh, under the circumstances, but we, we definitely see it as a, a symptom and, and as a coping mechanism that people are having. If our listeners want more information about Anxiety Canada, where can they get it? Well, uh, you can check out our website, www.anxietycanada.com. Uh, and that has a lot of useful resources, including, uh, you know, a lot of articles on how to cope better with uh, a variety of different kinds of anxiety, including uh, we have an article on our homepage right now specifically addressing coronavirus. Uh, we also have our app MindShift CBT, uh, which is in the iOS and Android app stores, and that has many, many uh, strategies and, and uh coping exercises that you can do. There's also uh, guided meditations and uh, audio resources. It's just really a rich resource for managing anxiety. Thank you very much for joining us on the feed. We'll talk to you again soon. It's my pleasure. The COVID-19 financial fallout present and future is enormous. Joining us on the feed right now, Nathan Jansen, RBC senior economist. And recently, a prediction was released by RBC stating that the economy will fall into a recession later this year due to the coronavirus impact and drop in oil. Nathan, can you tell us what factors have come together for RBC to make this prediction? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the big one uh, has been uh, the spread of the virus into uh, North America. Uh, so earlier this year, you know, we, we saw significant outbreaks uh, abroad uh, that was already uh, creating risks for uh, Canadian supply chains where we're a globally integrated uh, economy. Um, and if we have shortages of parts, you know, from abroad, for example, um, then that can disrupt activity here as well. Um, but the uh, the spread into North America, um, you know, the, the measures that are being taken uh, to try and, and prevent the, the further spread uh, are likely to significantly impact, you know, the, uh, the much larger, you know, services sector of the economy. We already knew the goods producing sector uh, was was at risk earlier this year, um, but um, 
you know, 70% of the economy in Canada and the United States both is about is the services economy. Um, and so we're seeing, a, you know, more significant uh, shutdowns uh, across the board um, with, uh, you know, people staying home, not being able to get uh, to work at least, at least temporarily. Um, so that'll have a negative impact on uh, growth, even, even if it does ultimately turn out to be uh, uh, temporary. And then we're layering on top of that uh, a significant pullback in oil prices. So we have a kind of an ongoing now spat uh, among you know OPEC members in Russia, um, trying and and it's resulted in you know a price war. Um, but the uh, the opposite direction to what we're used to, where it's really been Saudi Arabia pushing the price of oil uh, down uh, significantly globally, um, and that you know obviously has negative implications uh, for oil producing regions like Alberta. So what we're we're effectively taking you know a significant escalation uh, in in the response and disruptions to the uh, coronavirus uh, outbreak, and then layering on top of that. Uh, you know, a significant oil price shock in the Canadian economy. And in that kind of an environment, it's just uh, hard to avoid uh, at least a, a quarter or two of negative growth. Well, and two consecutive quarters of negative growth, that is considered a recession. Is there any way to stop this recession from happening, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's tough, and a lot of it, it depends on, uh, you know, how, how bad the, the, the virus outbreak gets and how, how effective measures uh, to combat it are and how, are and how, how quickly, um, you know, that can be gotten under control. And, uh, you know, the reality is none of us are, uh, are infectious uh, disease uh, experts uh, over here, so, so there's a lot of uncertainty uh, in, uh, in any economic uh, forecast uh, right now. Uh, on, on the oil and gas sectors, though, I, I think there is a little more, you know, likelihood that that is going to be a, a long-lasting uh, shock uh, to the Canadian economy. I mean, the, the, the virus outbreak is going to cause significant disruption to people's lives uh, across uh, the country for, for some time. Um, I think the base case is eventually that's still going to ease. Activity will at some point return closer to, to normal. Um, but the oil sector, we're really piling on just yet another uh, negative shock, uh, and for oil producing regions in, in Alberta. If you, if you think, uh, you know, investment in the oil and gas sector plunged in 2015, 16 already and never, never really came back, uh, even with oil prices bouncing back, you know, uh, uh, to 60 or $70 at times, uh, since that period. Um, investment in the oil and gas sector is still at the end of last year was about 10% below the lows, uh, that it hit in the 2015, 16, uh, pullback. Um, so that's one area where where uh, we think there is maybe reason that there could be a more lasting negative impact in in oil producing uh, regions and you know limit limit the pace of the bounce back um, going into 2021. Let's talk about the federal government's plan on many levels to provide support measures to try to negate the impact of the virus. You know those things like upping healthcare transfers, increasing unemployment insurance. Does that have a, a negative impact on the the economy or is it a positive impact? I mean, I certainly think it's it, it's positive. Uh, in the near term, it's more likely to cushion the blow than really to prevent a uh, a downturn. Um, but if you think the whole the whole issue right now is we're telling people that they should uh, they should stay at home, um, it means in the near term it won't do a whole lot to to make it cheaper to spend because uh, we're we're the whole point is we're trying to get people you know effectively not to spend uh, for for some period of time. Um, but some of the you know the measures from the federal government that they've announced to uh, ease the hit to people that are you know temporarily off work, um, you know for example hourly employees that aren't able to to work from home and aren't are also aren't able to go to their to their workplace, uh, those can help to uh, cushion the blow. 
uh, and also um, and also can help to you know when the recovery does arrive that uh, that uh, you know have it happen you know earlier uh, and have it be stronger. So so you know when we get into Q4 this year uh, into um, uh, early next year, we do expect to see the economy return to uh, return to positive positive growth, and we'll start to. Uh, yeah, dig out of the hole that we're, we're, we think that we're going to be digging uh, over the middle part of this year. I'm so glad that you've said something positive, something for us to cling yeah. to. So what does this <laughs> mean to the average Canadian? I'm one of them. You know, it's very confusing. These are times that are disruptive. Uh, there's so much information. We worry about our health, but we also are worrying about our finances. So what is RBC's best suggestion in terms of coming to grips with what's happening and riding out this possible recession yeah i mean i think i think that's a, that's a, a good way to put it is, is riding out um this this possible recession and, and to be clear we're, we're not uh, expecting you know a dramatic downturn uh, in economic growth uh in in the scale of historical recessions the one that we've penciled in as our base case for canada uh, would not be an extremely uh, severe uh, recession um we think um you know there could be temporary uh, job losses due to the corona uh, uh, virus, but to the extent you know that the coronavirus gets under control, uh, then that activity uh, should return. So we we are talking about a, a temporary setback uh, to growth in in most of uh, the country, and then we will get back to positive growth once we're once we're past uh, uh, these immediate uh, disruptions. The 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 spot where you know where you know we could have a longer-lived uh, uh, shock, um, or where one is more likely, you know, would be in, in the oil and gas uh, sector, depending what oil prices uh, do. And unfortunately, you know, really just piling on another another shock in in those oil-producing regions uh, that have already been hit pretty significantly over the over, over the last uh, few years. And yet on the upside, the uh, person putting gas in their cars, you know, whether they realize it or not, and I'm one of them again, uh, we think it's a good thing, but not necessarily if you have oil or gas in your portfolio. I mean, they're taking such a hit right now. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And the other, the other thing to remember is, is interest rates will also be uh, uh, very low. So we've had uh, significant interest rate cuts from central banks already. So once we, once we get past the near-term disruptions uh, to growth, you will have, you know, in a lot of the country, lower oil prices, as as you say, are are a, are a positive for household spending power. If if you're not in uh, a place that it's a significant oil producing um, um, region, and there will be, uh, you know, we think a significant significant amount of of economic uh, stimulus in the system when we come out on the other end of this. So so interest rates low, the federal government more than likely will be announcing, you know, yet more fiscal stimulus measures uh, next week. And again, you know, I think the impact in terms of preventing uh, some of the disruptions we're seeing near term, um, uh, it might be limited, um, but there will be a lot of stimulus in the system when we come out the other end. And that means at some point we, 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 we expect to get back to, uh, you know, above trend uh, economic uh, growth and and, uh, and recovery, recover from um, what we expect will be uh at least a modest pullback over over this year. So we're going to get through this. And just before we say goodbye, we just wrapped up RRSP contribution season. Uh, a lot of people have investments, uh, quite varied, and some are very specific. You know, some folks, and again, I'm one of them, We I took a chance and I took a look at my very limited portfolio and my investments, and I was shocked at how they had dropped in just a matter of a couple of days. Should I be looking short-term? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say, uh, or you know, normal advice to people would be to talk to your talk to your investment advisor advisor if you're if you're, if you're worried, um, and they can give uh, they can give the best advice. I mean, we know, um, you know, markets are volatile at the best of times. Uh, they've been really volatile recently, and and yeah, mostly on mostly on the downside. Um, but I think it uh, it's always a good idea to uh, you know talk to uh, talk to an advisor before making any uh, making any rash decisions. Or just don't look for a while. <laughs> you know, again, we, let's just ride this out if we possibly can. So what's that expression? Yeah. Curiosity, but I won't go any further. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nathan, I thank you for giving us the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to what's happening right now as a result of COVID-19 and also the fall in oil prices. Nathan Jansen, RBC Senior Economist. It seems like we are headed for a recession. Let's hope that we can somehow slow it down or even put the brakes on it. Appreciate you joining us on the feed. Thanks for having me. This is a special COVID-19 edition of the feed on 105.9 The Region. I'm Ann Romer. The virus that originated in December 2019 in Wuhan, China, has infected close to 120,000 people worldwide, including here at home. But it's a story that continues to change and evolve. Tina Cortez takes us to Italy now, where the entire country is in lockdown. On Monday, the Italian Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte essentially placed the entire country in lockdown. Stefano Davini is in Italy at this hour. He lives just 10 minutes north of Verona, and he joins us live on the phone. Stefano, thank you for joining us. Hi. Thank you for calling me. Can you tell us a little bit about what is life like for you there right now? Yeah, it's a little bit hard because, uh, first of all, (coughs) I... Uh, to go to work, I have to have uh, with me a document, uh, a sort of uh, self-certification, uh, uh, because I have to state in this document that uh, I leave from my house and I go to work and I come back. I cannot uh, stop uh, anywhere, and in case the police uh, they stop me, I have to, to show them that uh, I'm moving only to go to work, because at the moment uh, it is allowed only to go to work, to go to do shopping, just one person, uh, family, and uh, just you can go to the pharmacy, and, and that's all. You can have a walk just uh, around the house, but uh, nothing more. You have to stay in the house. It's a, it's a sort of, a, it's not a real quarantine, but it's a sort of quarantine. The gym are closed, cinema are closed, bar, restaurant after 6 p.m. are closed, so everything is closed, and... Uh, I think that the situation is getting uh, even more uh, worse because uh, I think that they are going to close all shops uh, all the day and uh, maybe it's not even possible to go to work uh, for any reason. So at the moment uh, in my office, for example, we we are organized to work uh, from home in uh, tele-smart working, uh, and, uh, but a lot of companies, they are closed because all people, they work uh, from home. In, uh, yeah. Now, Stefano, you said that you were able to go to a grocery store. Are there items on the shelves? Uh, are, is it empty? What is it like inside the grocery store? Uh, depends uh, <clears throat> the shops, if I well understood your question. But uh, uh, first of all, uh, uh, you have to stay at least one, two meters from uh, 
uh, another person, even in a queue, you have to wait. And uh, the shelf uh, at the moment uh, are not uh, empty, but uh, they are not full. So sometimes uh, there are uh, there are some shops that are very crowded, uh, but uh, in this case they close the entrance and they all people enter one by one. Uh, but uh, at the moment uh, the shelves are not uh, are not really empty. Uh, but I think that in the next day <coughs> they will be more uh, they will be empty because if they are going to close uh, everything, I think that people they try to to buy as much as they can to increase the stock at home. Can you tell us what it's like on the streets? You said you live just about 10 minutes north of Verona. What are the streets like? Are you on public transit, whether it's a bus or a train? What is it like for you? At the moment, <coughs> at the moment, uh, because I, I live in a village, uh, uh, so it's not uh, the, the population, there are not many people uh, around, uh, but even in the city, in the Verona, I know that there are no people uh, walking around the city. The bus are not. Uh, there are very few people. The road. Uh, there are even. There are no cars. No traffic. Uh, so maybe if you go, when I go to the office, uh, it takes me half of the normal time I take to to the office. So uh, there are no people uh, uh, anyway because they they. They have to stay at home, and uh, the, the government they ask us to stay at home as much as possible and not to have contact with any other people. Uh, not to request it. The, it's, it's important that you you can contact people, but only if you have to do it. Otherwise, it's better not to to contact. For example, in the office, uh, I cannot have any meeting in the office, uh, but even outside. Uh, my company told me that I cannot have any meeting outside, so uh, it's just, uh, just uh, I have to stay in the office, but uh, without uh, any meeting. And even in the office, uh, we have to stay, we have, it's not possible to stay in contact with other people, uh, not less than one or two meters uh, with another were you surprised that the Italian Prime Minister made this announcement earlier this week that he essentially placed the entire country in lockdown, warning people to stay indoors if possible? Were you surprised? No, because uh, this is something that maybe they had to do before, because it, this is the only way to stop uh, to to get other people infected, because uh, there is a big problem for the hospital. There are not enough uh, uh, place uh, to where people they they can stay. So it's important to stop uh, the the contamination. Uh, it's important that the people they stay. Otherwise, if there there are not if the people they are not obliged, they 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 will continue to contact other people. They they continue to 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 stay together. So it's something that uh, they have to do. They have, to decide for us, because maybe it was not enough clear for us that uh, we we had to stay at home. So the only way to stop uh, this uh, contamination is to stay at home and not to meet other people. So I think that they take a good decision. And uh, What are people feeling? Are they worried about this? The people are worried. Yes, they are worried, in particular for uh, old people. 
for our relatives, uh, grandparents, uh, and I think that they are uh, conscious that uh, they have to stay at home. It's the, the problem is very serious, uh, and uh, there will be a big impact on the economy because uh, you know that uh, tourism for us it's a big uh, uh, economy for us, and all uh, uh, hotels, restaurants are empty, and uh, most of them they are they are closed. And they are fire, firing uh, people, uh, or they are doing something because uh, there are <coughs> until uh, end of April uh, there are not any more any people. They 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 deleted. The, they are not anymore. How uh, to say? Um, they booked the hotel and now they 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 cancelled the the booking. So. People, I think that they are worried, but in the same time, uh, they think that uh, uh, sooner or later it will finish. So we have to wait and uh, be patient and wait for the end of this uh, story. And that seems to be the universal sentiment, is that must we must be patient and wait it out. Stefano, thank you very much for spending a few minutes with us here on 105.9 The Region. We appreciate it. Please take care of yourself. You're listening to a special COVID-19 edition of The Feed. Across York Region, there are cancellations and postponements of events, closures of community centres and March break camps. Afua Ba has more. Across York Region, community centers and libraries are shutting down due to COVID-19. This includes all community center permits, rentals, recreational programming, swimming pools, arenas, and fitness facilities. March break camps and daycare programming are also canceled. Waste collection and winter maintenance operation will continue as usual at this time. Vaughan City Hall remains open and council, committee and task force meetings will continue as scheduled. In Markham, the emergency management team is working with public health officials to closely monitor the evolving situation around COVID-19. The Markham Civic Centre remains open, but public meetings including council meetings and general committee meetings have been cancelled for March. The provincial government has announced that several dedicated COVID-19 assessment centres will open their doors in the coming days. Here in York Region, the McKenzie Health Assessment Centre will open on Monday evening. Ontario's Health Minister Christine Elliott says the centres are intended to ease pressure on emergency rooms. It's a separate facility close to the hospital. So it's really meant to take the pressure off the hospital emergency departments and to keep the people who may have COVID-19 separate from the general hospital population because you don't want it to be spreading there. Ontario's Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. David Williams, has recommended the immediate suspension of all gatherings of over 250 people because of this pandemic. For a list of what's been cancelled or postponed, go to our website at 1059theregion.com. As we wrap up this week's edition of The Feed, we would like to remind you about a special broadcast we hosted earlier this week with York Region's Medical Officer of Health. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com for the Encore presentation. I'm Ann Romer. Thank you for listening.